So, Brian, do you listen to this podcast called Hello Internet? No. You know about so many podcasts that I don't know about. (laughs) I'm always taking notes. I do listen to... Actually, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. These days, I listen to about five podcasts. But uh, they're mostly only tech podcasts. I, I think I... At this point, I don't have any subscriptions to any film-related podcasts. Really? Yeah, I only wow. listen. I only listen to tech podcasts mostly because I'm interested in technology and like you know computers and stuff. And uh, I also am. I think I've just kind of burned out on listening to people talk about movies. And I also always worry that like if I listen to people talking about movies, that's going to uh, maybe influence what I say. And I don't want to ever think that I'm like repeating what someone else has said on a podcast about a movie or you know like about you know i don't listen to any other criterion collection podcasts because i don't want to ever think that i'm like anyone to ever listen to me and think like oh wait i said that on my podcast so just know that i don't listen to any other criterion collection podcast (laughs) or pretty much any other movie podcast i mean i used to listen to the slash film cast and i used to listen to lots of I, i mean sometimes every once in a while i'll listen to battleship retention but even then like i i haven't listened to them in a long time I've been listening to them a lot lately, actually. I guess the closest the closest thing to a movie podcast that I listen to right now is West's uh, uh, musical notation. That's like the closest to a movie podcast that I have. I freaking love that show. I know we've talked about it a lot, but there's not a single episode I've listened to where I was like, "Yeah, that one wasn't so good." They're like all equally awesome in different ways, and I love them. No, totally, they're great. So on Hello Internet. Uh, these two guys talk about whatever they, you know, whatever. Uh, they're both YouTube creators and they talk a lot about like, you know, pop culture, but technology, you know, life and whatnot. But they have like their little, they have little uh, corners in the, in the show where they talk about recurring uh, topics. So they have like a uh, plane crash corner where they talk about oh, pl- plane crashes and stuff. And, um, they so i was thinking we need to start a bill and ted corner for our (laughs) for our podcast uh yes yes it was funny today i got a tweet from from aaron west about uh we'll we'll talk about the announcement uh and the sort of artwork and everything for the bill and ted collection for shout factory and he's like i thought of you right away so now i'm a bill and ted guy i guess which is cool bill and ted corner yeah i love it uh, or we could just, or we could just do a whole Bill and Ted podcast. I mean, we could just turn <laughs> turn this into a an ongoing Bill and Ted podcast. Do away with all the other stuff that we don't really need to talk about, and uh, just focus on these two guys. Oh my gosh, this reminds me. Um, West Anthony was on a show. I think it's called the Alien Minute podcast. Have you heard of this one? I haven't. Apparently, their goal is to go through the film Alien minute uh, by minute. Isn't there a Star Wars podcast that does that already? Maybe very much. I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing, but we could do the Bill and Ted minute <laughs> podcast and we could wait. <laughs> anyway, just to throw away. Uh, sure. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> Bill and Ted minute. <laughs> we got to do the animated series too. It'll take forever. Oh man. So did you get to see this Bill and Ted box set that they have, uh, that is going to be, so they, they detailed or at least partially detailed the, uh, Bill and Ted's most excellent collection. <laughs> it's coming out September twentieth. This is part of that shout select line that we that we mentioned a few weeks back. They don't have a list of supplements yet, I don't think, but they do have a list of um, things that you get if you want to 
plunk down $80 to get this exclusive limited edition collection where it has action figure. Yeah. With action figure. There's a, um, a eight inch tall Rufus action figure. Uh, there's a 18 by 24 lithograph. There's a two Bill and Ted stickers, which I have to imagine are like the, the title treatment for Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And then bogus journey. Like you can see on the, the picture for it. There's also a wild stallions guitar pick. This is a, a pretty nice little thing, especially with that doll. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to spend $80 on this, but, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I was, I was at least momentarily tempted. I must admit, <laughs> um, three discs. They don't have a list of supplements yet, but it, I have to imagine that it's like two for the film and then maybe one disc of supplements. Hopefully. Unless, I mean, it's, it doesn't seem like they're doing Blu-ray and DVD for this. It's just Blu-ray, it looks like. Oh, that's cool. I just love that Bill and Ted's getting this kind of treatment as it deserves. Yeah. Um, another piece of follow-up. Uh, shoot, where are my notes? I don't have my notes. Oh, here we go. All right. Okay. Uh, Gods of Egypt. We got to talk about this. So we <laughs> last week we mentioned that we were going to... Um, watch this movie and talk about it. You know, it came out on Blu-ray last week. It's been, you know, discussed in the film community over the past few months, ever since it was first revealed. And then it came out, it got terrible reviews. Everyone hated it. Now it's out on Blu-ray. And I watched it. Did you end up finishing it? I did finish it. Oh man. (laughs) I was sending you updates. All right. So spoilers ahead for gods of Egypt. (laughs) I guess you can skip ahead a couple minutes if you don't want to hear about this terrible movie and uh, you want to go in fresh, I guess. Um, I guess if, if there is anyone out there like that, you know, I don't think anything we can say will spoil this movie for you. It, yeah, I mean, it's not really. I mean, you may know what's going to happen, but it's still not. The spectacle is really. Anyway, it is full of all of the tropes of uh, any action movie. Um it is full of all the tropes of like the video game adaptation. Uh, even though it's not an adaptation of a video game, it still feels like it. Uh, it's full of, you know, like if you've seen the clash of the Titans movies, it feels a lot like those. It feels a lot like, you know, so many other movies, Raiders of the lost Ark and yeah. star Wars. Um, all of that being said, I didn't really hate it that much. I mean, it's not a good movie, but I didn't, I didn't mind watching it. it I got no. through it all in one sitting. <laughs> That was better than me. I couldn't do it in one sitting. And it wasn't necessarily because of the quality. It was more about time constraints for me. But yeah, no, I didn't I didn't hate it. You know, it's not I didn't think it was worthy of hating personally because there were enough sequences in it. You know, there's like a scene that rips off the um, you know, Raiders opening basically. You know, where um one of the main characters is running through this sort of trap-laden area, and that, that was kind of fun. And, you know, the, the Clash of the Titans stuff was kind of fun, you know, because it, it felt much more like the original Clash than the crappy remakes in in in, in its inspiration anyway. I, I don't know. This movie got but, kind of beaten up in the online community because of how white it is. And <laughs> it's uh, very it, white. it definitely deserved all of the abuse that it got for that. Uh, I mean, they obviously should have made this, you know, um, you know, included much more like black actors or, you know, at least like middle Eastern actors to make this yeah. feel more believable. I mean, it's so white. It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, and, and there's no excuse for that in this day and age, like this movie. And, and I think the, the people in, 
you know, maybe the, even the director have come out and said like, yeah, we should have done better. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I do like, you know, the main guy who plays um, Horace. He, I, yeah. you know, I can, I can never remember how to pronounce his name, but he's in Game of Thrones. He's Jamie Lannister. Um, ah. And uh, I thought he did a pretty good job. I wasn't annoyed by him. I wasn't even really that annoyed by the the human guy in the show in the movie who was you know like tagging along and whose whose um, beloved was sent off to hell and um, yeah he he reminded me of like in in hairstyle and in acting of Harry Hamlin in Clash of the Titans really yeah definitely but the the only one that did annoy me a little bit was Gerard Butler because yeah it he was I mean if there's a bigger word than chewing scenery devouring you know i mean he is just so so big and and clearly it was like it felt i, I can't i think he was a producer on it It felt like kind of a vanity piece in a way because he has so much devouring of scenery plus a few gigantic monologues you know and is just a bastard you know and he plays that character pretty well i must say but at a point like again spoilers he kills a lot of people in this movie and a lot of the characters that you care about he kills so and it's obviously meant to sort of build you up to the point where he himself meets his fate but there's a point for me where i'm like all right enough already kill the guy you know and that's kind of what happened with this movie for me he he kills a lot of people but you know spoilers for the end like hardly any of them are really dead by the end <laughs> that's, that's they all point. they all seem to come back at the end that's true. That's fair. Um, it was amazing how the... So I want to talk a little bit about the special effects and then we can move on to Because we have so much to talk about tonight. But sure, I do sure. want to talk a little bit about this just because we... It was, you know, it was brought up. So um, <laughs> the special effects were so hit or miss. They... Yep. Um, some sequences... And it seems so obvious that this movie was done... You know, so many movies are done by different, um, you know... Uh, you know, like art house or not art houses, like, um, what are they called? Effects houses. That's what the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Effects houses. And, um, you could totally see that like some of these sequences looked so much better than others. And some of them were pretty bad. Like, you know, there's one that I took a picture of where it was like (laughs) up on top of the waterfall and he was fighting off some of the monster guys who were, you know, like hunting them down. And it looked, it just was like embarrassingly bad how they, you know, how, they were clearly not, you know, like touching one another. And the, the, the bad guys just looked like little video game characters that were up against these human actors. It was just, it was unwatchable almost. Yeah. There was, there was a few moments where the, it, it wasn't terrible as far as the special effects, but yeah, a lot of it was, but I mean, I guess I kind of knew that going in. I kind of thought that would be the case. I think I had read about how bad the effects were. And so, that was no surprise. I think a lot of it was about expectations and just knowing how lambasted this movie was and being like, okay, movie, show me how bad you're going to be. And the movie was, but I was still entertained by it. I mean, it's a long movie. It's over. I feel like it's over two hours, like by about eight minutes. And, um, so it's an epic tale as it were, but I don't know. It's still entertaining, you know. I mean, it'd be hard to recommend to anyone, but yeah, I don't I'm, think I would recommend anyone go out and buy <laughs> this movie. I mean, I, oh, definitely don't. Um, you know, rent it if you can. See it free if you can. See if you can get someone to rent it for you, maybe something yeah. like that. Um, I did like the sequence with the two women who were hunting them on those giant snakes. That uh, was cool. I thought that sequence felt 
you know, like better, like more properly rendered or I don't know, like it just seemed better. Um, even though like, you know, overall it was a pretty like anticlimactic sequence, I guess. Um, I kind of like those characters just because they felt a little bit more mysterious than everyone else just because it's like, oh, he has these two, you know, like really effective women hunters that are going to go track them down. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was a little bit of a letdown, but still like they looked cool. Um, and then I did kind of like the whole bit of um, Jeffrey Rush as Ra uh, up yes. in this, you know, like on his on his ship fighting that giant serpent. Um, I thought, you know, like despite the fact that he's white and like they should have had someone else be that character, I thought Jeffrey Rush was kind of fun in that role. Yeah, I liked him in that. I liked him in that definitely. I mean, he he, it, it's one of those things we. <laughs> You know he he's an obviously an actor that's sort of above the material or whatever, but he showed up and I felt like he gave his best shot, you know mostly. So also I gotta just say that like the whole gimmick that the gods are taller than humans was just so dumb, and I wish they had thrown that idea out from the from the beginning and not bothered to even do that. Um, I mean I I. I I, I could totally see the meeting where someone was like, and, and the gods are going to be taller than everyone else. And it's going <laughs> to look amazing. It's going to look believable. And it just, it was so dumb. I, I, it took me out of the movie the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of an odd choice. I mean, not an odd choice. I can see why they did it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't really work for me either. All right. Well, gods of Egypt, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if I would give it a thumbs down, but it's like, I'm not like sad that I watched the movie, but it is bad. You know, it's as bad as people kind of were making it out to be, but you know, uh, it's not the, certainly not the worst thing I've seen in a long time. Oh yeah. No, I've seen far worse. All right. So a little bit more news and slight follow up. The folks at, um, CBS and Paramount today unveiled, uh, this new upcoming Star Trek collection i guess this is kind of timed interestingly with the fact that today is the new is the release of the new star trek 2 wrath of khan director's cut blu-ray um and now surprisingly there, there is this uh announced giant uh 50th anniversary tv and movie collection box set that's coming out in september which is going to include the wrath of khan director's cut blu-ray which just came out today it's also going to include the original series on Blu-ray, the animated series on Blu-ray, and then the other films, um, you know, one through six on Blu-ray. The only one of those six movies that has been remastered for this release is The Wrath of Khan, which just came out today again. There's going to be a new multi-part documentary and then you get uh, a little Starfleet insignia pin, some posters, and then 20 hours of content. That content is most likely just all the stuff that has been on the Blu-rays already. So, I don't know, man. This box set does look nice, and I <laughs> and I kind of want to buy it uh, <laughs> just because I, I don't need the movies, but I would like, I still haven't bought the original series on Blu-ray. I just keep waiting for the price to be right. But now there's this and it comes with the animated series on Blu-ray and I could just wait and not buy Wrath of Khan on Blu-ray until this comes out and then I would be all right. Um, that being said though, like this is probably going to be pretty expensive, I think. 
uh, given all of these different things that are included in it. You know, I'm, I don't think they've announced a price yet, but I'm imagining that this is going to be like in the $200 retail, maybe more than that. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking at the specs now. Yeah. 20 hours of bonus content and oh boy. But so wait, so the animated series is coming to this box set first and then solo later. Presumably. They, I don't think they've re- announced a standalone release for the the animated series yet, but that's kind of, I mean, you know, if anyone loves double dipping or, or you know, like re-releasing or reissuing their products, it's the folks who handle the Star Trek properties. <laughs> and so I don't think you have anything to worry about as far as being able to buy the the animated series on Blu-ray at some point. You might just have to wait you know, a few months, I don't know, <laughs> maybe they'll all just like, maybe they'll finally announce it, uh, around, you know, soon. And then, or maybe at Comic-Con or something like that. I hope so. I mean, I, I don't know that I can shell out for this, but I'm really looking forward to the animated series on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I mean, that might be why they didn't do it is cause they know that people are just, <laughs> they only want that, that <laughs> part of it. And so they'll just buy this whole set just to get the animated series on Blu-ray. Yeah, maybe I could see, you know, hardcore um, Star Star Trek fans just buying it, selling off what they can, maybe, or keeping the whole thing if they just love the box, you know? Yeah. All right, so we talked about Bill and Ted. We talked about Star Trek. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, um, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, you know, um, months and months ago, maybe even almost a year ago, we talked about the Kickstarter campaign that Kino was doing for the pioneers of african-american cinema this is the one where you could um donate to the kickstarter and get and kind of get in on this pre-order for the the set of um this five disc collection and at the time when they were doing the fundraising they were you know like saying well if we get you know if they had the stretch goals which would you know have better uh remasters or you know more discs included so they finally sent out uh, a detailed list of all of the films that are going to be on there. It's, you know, five discs. It looks like a lot of movies, um, including some bonus films. And um, I think there's even some stuff on here that wasn't announced uh, to begin with. This is the one where you could also have, like, if you donated enough, you could have gotten, you know, like a number of other Kino Blu-rays that weren't part of this, but just like, you know, they were just sweetening the deal. And so... I think Aaron um, ended up doing that last last year when this was going on. This is going to retail for a hundred dollars, and so you know it'll presumably it'll be cheaper than that. It's coming out on July twenty sixth, which I think is the week of Comic Con, or maybe it's the week after Comic Con. So uh, very exciting. Um, let's see here. Scream Factory announced Metal Storm: The Destruction of Jared Sin. In 3D. In th- is it in 3D? <laughs> it is. It's a 3D Blu-ray. It's one of the, you know, small wave of um, major studio 3D releases of the early to mid-80s. And um, it's not a very good movie. Um, I think it's relatively well-known. Oh, this but is Char- Charles Band? Yeah. Why isn't uh, Why isn't this part of, um, what's his company that... Uh, uh, full Moon. Full Moon. Why isn't this a Full Moon release? I don't know. I think it might have been something he did, and I could be wrong, um, that got a sort of major dis- studio distribution, so it may be controlled um, elsewhere. Yeah, Maybe. That's a yeah. guess. That's a total guess. 
But um, what I'm hoping is that this is an indicator that Screen Factory might be going after some of the other, um, you know, like Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone or, you know, um, what's that one called? Um, there's a horror one that's... Uh, I'm forgetting it. But anyway, um, I just like when, you know, this kind of a catalog 3D title gets a release. I'm still kind of jazzed about that stuff, even if the movie's not very good. Yeah, I think someone on one of the forums that I was reading was like, I can hear them scraping the bottom of the barrel (laughs) when they announce this (laughs) release. Uh, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I love that they're putting it out in 3D, so I feel like that in and of itself is showing, you know, an effort on some level. Yeah, do they have any other 3D Blu-rays in Scream Factory? Um, the Amityville 3D that's part of the Amityville set. Oh, yeah. And then I am not sure about, I'm not sure about others. There might be one more in there somewhere. Uh, if anyone follows the, uh, distributor Cult Epics, um, the guy who, I don't know if he runs it or if he, I mean, it seems like he's the one behind Cult Epics, Nico, um, but he is starting a new label called Real Gore Releasing, real like R E E L, and they're going to be releasing this new 2015 movie called Violent Shit the Movie. <laughs> um, he's such a nice guy, though. He is. Uh, whenever he and I, or whenever he emails me, he's always he's always like a sweetheart. Yeah, it's very interesting, you know, especially because of the kind of movies that um, cult epics and this new label <laughs> put out, you know, cause it's kind of, kind of dark stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's really neat. Totally. And this is going to have, um, I mean like he totally cares about this stuff. Like look at all, you know, if you look at the list, this is, so this is like, um, the first 3000 copies of this are going to have the CD soundtrack. It's going to have a 24 page booklet, you know, it's going to have making of documentary features and interviews with the cast um, I mean, this is stuff that like other, you know, bigger studios don't even bother t- putting any of this stuff in with their releases, you know, certainly not booklets. And so it's cool that he's like, you know, putting this much time and attention into movies that he's into. Like, I mean, this is kind of like the dream job of a film geek is to like have your own, you know, just dis- distribution label like this and, you know, put out these types of movies that you love and put out decent editions of them. Yeah, no, I, I definitely give him credit for the effort that he puts in. Um, I still think Angst is one of the better, um, you know, genre catalog releases in the past, you know, five years. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the new Richard Linklater movie has been announced that it's, so I think it was distributed by IFC, but um, IFC and Paramount have been teaming up on uh, home video releases, and so Paramount is going to be, um, putting this one out on Blu-ray on July 12th. This is the one that was kind of like the sequel or like the spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. Did you end up seeing Everybody Wants Them? I did. I had to go by myself to see it, um, but I did finally see it and I did enjoy it. Awesome. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely want to pick up this Blu-ray. Um, the artifi- the uh, Andre Rublev Blu-ray has a new release date. We've talked about this a little bit over the past couple of months um the, the you know artificial eye in the uk is releasing a number of tarkovsky films uh, on blu-ray over the next few months and andre rublev was originally scheduled to come out in april and then it got delayed 
and the release date was kind of pushed back uh, indefinitely. And now Artificial Eye has a a release date confirmed by them. And so it's now coming out on July 11th. So much sooner than I was expecting because I, when I got my, oh, your order is, has been indefinitely postponed, the, the, the date that Amazon UK gave me was like December or January of next year. <laughs> so, uh, you know, July 11th is much better than December. And uh, I can't wait to see how this looks. I mean, they've, they've put out a few other, uh, I think they put out another video, um, which is going to, I think, not, not maybe not describing Andre Rublev, but um, this release is going to have select scene commentary with Mary Wilde, um, a making of documentary, an interview, and then a 36-page booklet. So looking forward to this one, uh, as well as all the other uh, Tarkovsky Blu-rays that are coming uh, over the next few months. Um, this, uh, according to one of the comments on the uh, Blu-ray.com news piece for this Andre Rublev Blu-ray, this is going to be the director's cut, which is, um, let's see, 182 minutes. It's not the Criterion cut, um, which, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Criterion which version they put out, but just because it's been so notoriously hard to get a nice looking transfer. Well, it'll be very interesting to see how this Blu-ray turns out. Um, there's a couple of other, uh, staying in the UK for a second, Studio Canal, they have their vintage classics line and they're going to be releasing uh, in August, uh, Sid and Nancy, so a new Blu-ray. I don't know if this is going to be, you know, a new transfer or anything. If this is going to look better than the the Blu-ray that came out here in the states a few years ago, um, that's coming out on August 29th, and then uh, on uh, August 1st, there John Schlesinger's A Kind of Loving is coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, both of these again from Studio Canal's Vintage Classics line, which is a great line if anyone out there is collecting. Uh, Blu-rays from the UK. This is definitely one to keep your eye on just because there's a lot of Criterion-related titles in this one, or at least, you know, from the same types of directors and studios that the Criterion Collection uh, distributes. Uh, Midnight Run got some more special features added, or at least they now uh, have kind of listed a number of the, the special features what are they doing? There's a, so there's a new 2K scan and then a new interview with uh, Robert De Niro about the movie. And then the rest of the stuff on that release, I think, are all ones are all supplements that have been on past releases. Yeah, I think it's specifically from the um, uh, the Brit- the UK label. Um, dang it, I can't remember right now, but I have the disc um, and I remember um, reviewing it for my site and those featurette titles you know, like we got the Duke, you know, where they talked to Charles Grodin or whatever that seems to come straight from, um, straight from that other release. The, uh, ultimate edition of, uh, Batman versus Superman <laughs> Dawn of justice has been, uh, detailed. It's coming out on July 19th, just in time for Comic-Con. Uh, they're going to be I forget how many extra minutes it is. It's going to be rated R. Oh, it has 30 extra minutes. Um, yeah, I know. On top of a movie that is already incredibly long. 
Which uh, I've not seen, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I did. I sat through it. I stayed up very late one night <laughs> to go to the movies to see it. Um, it's another one of those movies that was just beat up uh, by everyone and kind of deservedly so. I mean, it's, But not as bad as Gods of Egypt. Uh, no. I would, I would watch <laughs> Batman versus Superman again in a heartbeat, whereas... <laughs> Gods of Egypt, I'm, I think I've seen it. I, I don't think I need to see it again. <laughs> but I will definitely watch this Ultimate Edition of uh, Batman vs. Superman because, you know, I'm curious to see what these extra minutes will have, if it will in- improve the story. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that they kind of rushed through in that theatrical cut and, you know, stuff that they kind of skipped over or glossed over and, um, you know, I, I'm I, I will definitely check this out, and I'm curious to see what these supplements have. I mean, hopefully, you know, one thing I hope they don't do is I hope that they don't like um, not include the theatrical cut on this release, just because they did that with Watchmen, where Watchmen here in the states, at least, I don't think you can get the theatrical cut on Blu-ray. I think you can only get the director's cut or the ultimate edition, which has like the animated sequences edited in. Um, I think there is a a theatrical cut Blu-ray maybe in Germany, but um, right now I think the only way you can get the theatrical cut here in the States is on DVD, um, which is just totally obnoxious. So I hope that's really ridiculous, especially when you're talking about Zack Snyder. I don't need a director's cut. (laughs) Well, that's what I think what this ultimate edition is going to be. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I hope that they just, you know, for like posterity, like I hope that they just include the theatrical cut in it as a alternate version. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I'm just like quickly glancing at the list of supplements and it does say theatrical version, uh, will be on this release. So it looks like they're not throwing it under the bus. Good. Um, we talked a little bit about the 88 films, uh, Italian collection restoration project on Indiegogo. This one has five days left. So if you're listening to this, when the episode goes up, you'll have four days to donate to the project. They've, you know, they've, as we mentioned last week, they've met, they've met their goal. They're at 60,000 pounds, um, 607% of, uh, past their goal. So if you want to get these four Blu-rays at a pretty reasonable cost, you can get them, uh, the four discs that they're looking to restore for 45 pounds still. Um, so don't wait out, you know, don't, don't wait too long. Uh, if you're planning on getting these, Brian, I'm looking at you. I know. (laughs) I was just thinking to myself, I should really do that like tomorrow. Um, also, uh, another Kickstarter, which is about to end is the RoboDoc, the, the creation of RoboCop documentary. This one also has passed its goal. They're at $43,000. They've, you know, their goal was originally 28,000. And, uh, if you want to get in on this, as far as like getting, you know, the Blu-ray or getting the DVD, um, you can still get in. It's going to end in 42 hours. So, you know, you have like a day or so after this episode goes up before you can, or, you know, if you want to get in on the Kickstarter for that. Um, all right. Any other news? Let's see here. Up, there's some upcoming 88 films releases. Uh, what, what, any of these news items that are left that you want to talk about? Any like, keynote announcements or anything? 
Well, I mean, there's a couple announcements from Kino. Um, what did they say? They are putting out Boomerang, which I think um, <clears throat> Master of Cinema has already put out. So that's interesting. But more interesting is that they've started to announce and detail, not announce, but detail the um, extras on some of their upcoming releases. Personally, um, My Bodyguard is one of my favorite movies of all time, and they've announced that there's a new audio commentary with director Tony Bill and film programmer Jim Healy, um, who I've met, by the way, and is a delightful person. Jim Healy, that is. I've not met Tony Bill. Um, But then, yeah, so there's like... um, more exciting for me, too, is their Cry of the City release will have an Eddie Muller commentary. Um, and, you know, we love Eddie Muller. He's just one of the best when it comes to this kind of film noir. So there's the Cry of the City has him, and then Roadhouse has Kim Morgan and him. Mm. Um, so those those are some pretty nice supplements. I mean, I'm in for those two comment- those three commentaries alone on those discs. Um, and I do like that Kino is m- definitely making an effort to more often than not, include some extras on their discs, you know, with these commentary tracks and whatnot. Did they, uh, I feel like they tweeted about something today, but maybe I'm misremembering what it was. Did they just announce something today also? Um, maybe they did in the, later in the day and I missed it. Um, probably not. Oh yeah. Maybe I'm just looking at, maybe I'm just thinking of their, when they detailed, uh, this stuff. So yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think that's about it. I think that's all the news yes. that I had here. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this giant mountain of amazing titles <laughs> that came out this week. Um, you know, I think the big release of the week, you know, I should say that is the Criterion release, but I got to start with... Uh, Rick and Morty season two. Nice. This one is, this season is just so much fun. It's, you know, um, for anyone who hasn't seen the show, it's, you know, this grandfather and his grandson uh, going on wacky sci-fi adventures. And that's pretty much all you need to know. But it's like so much more, uh, you know, it's got kind of like crude humor in it. You know, it feels a little bit in the, it's, you know, it kind of feels like it could be if you know a, a cousin of Family Guy or American Dad or something like that, just way nerdier, and uh, you know with with more sci-fi tropes injected into it, um, and much smarter than all of the uh, Family Guy shows. But yeah, I mean, it's, is Dan Harmon the main creative force behind it, or is there other people too? Dan Harmon and uh, Justin Roiland. Um, Justin Roiland, I think, does a number of the voices. I think he does Rick, and he is kind of like one of the big creative forces behind it. I actually got to hear him talk um, last year at XOXO here in Portland, and he is just like a huge nerd. And (laughs) I think he might be, you know, like maybe like the bigger force behind the show than than Dan Harmon, but um, he's hilarious. Um, season two, let's see how many episodes you get in this one. 10 episodes. Um, did you watch any of season two yet? Not yet. I, I, um, have it on the voodoo as of today and I'm going to start watching very soon. It's so good. I mean, there's like, there's so many great, uh, moments in it. So maybe I'll just wait. And as you watch them, we can talk about them. All right. There's, you know, the episode that I actually got to see with Justin Roiland in like 
uh, at XOXO was the one where they go to this marriage counseling planet. And it is, <laughs> uh, it is so funny. I mean, it's, oh, it's man. genius. Yeah. They definitely had me at marriage counseling planet. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> That's great. No, I mean, it's got like whole sequences that, you know, kind of riff on aliens and, um, lots of other, you know, fun sci-fi things. Um, there's even like a whole joke about, um, one of the teachers is a vampire and then they, uh, it's like a throwaway joke, but it's, it's so funny. Uh, anyway, uh, if you haven't, if you watched, if you loved, you know, Futurama and you love things like, um, maybe Bob's Burgers or, um, you know, a number of the, the, you know, more recent animated series, um, even the Simpsons to some extent, like you'll totally dig Rick and Morty. So, uh, thumbs up from me. The Criterion Collection release of the week is Michelangelo Antonioni's Le Amice. This is uh, now available on Blu-ray. It was once a, a or it is, you know, a also a, a Masters of Cinema release in the UK, but you can now pick it up here in the States. Um, it's got a number of supplements on it. It's got um, this conversation with uh, David Fordax and Karen Pincus on the themes in the film, themes of which, you know, Antonioni is kind of known for, you know, um, isolation and um you know doomed to love and whatnot and uh there's an interview interview with eugenia palicelli on uh fashion in antonioni's work which is a lot of fun and the new restoration looks really good and so i would highly recommend if you love antonioni films this is an earlier work of his back from 1955 and definitely worth checking out um I don't know. Should we just run down? So there's like, I'm going to skip over some of the titles that I don't care that much about, like 13 hours. Um, although I am curious to see it just having watched, you know, we recently discussed Armageddon on the podcast. And so, uh, this is one of the few Michael Bay movies that I haven't seen. Yeah. I mean, the Michael Bay factor is what's got me curious about this one too. Um, not in a way that I think it's going to be great, but I, I am definitely intrigued. I think it was Sean uh, who posted a picture that he got like the 13 hours one that comes with a book also uh, maybe at like Best Buy. I don't know if that's um, Sean from the screencast. Oh, okay. I missed that. Um, you were just watching, you picked up the new Blu-ray for the 5,000 fingers of Dr. T. Yes, indeed. I have it uh, running in the background right now. It's only eight ninety nine right now on Amazon. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, the transfer is not necessarily sparkling or anything, but the colors do pop a good deal more than I'm used to. It is still, and I, I mentioned this to you off mic, but a 4 by 3 transfer, so you're not getting 16 by 9 but I believe that's the original aspect ratio of the film. I'm not 100% sure of that. I should double check. But um, it looks pretty good. And for eight ninety nine, I mean, there's no extras, unfortunately. Somebody asked about uh, deleted, um, apparently there were some music, maybe some musical sequences or scenes that were cut. Um, this this does not have that. But um, it's a pretty fascinating little, you know, cult item. You know, it's a, one of the few live action Dr. Seuss films, you know, pre, you know, lately, that the ones that kind of, I don't really like that much. Yeah. But, um this one is pretty great. I mean, the set design is so remarkable and outlandish. It, it really, I don't know. I feel like it captures a Susian world, um, you know, in a way that's, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, so 
I'm, I'm definitely a fan of this one. Uh, also out today on Blu-ray is the uh, Charlie Kaufman film Anomalisa. This is the stop motion animated film that that he made, um, which I thought was brilliant. And I can't wait to see it again. Um, I got to see it uh, earlier this year and um, I definitely want to check it out again. Did you get to see it? I mean, it's... it's I did. Okay. I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, I respect the hell out of it. It's a remarkable, I said remarkable again, but it's a really amazing achievement as far as the filmmaking. You know, there's nothing else really like it um, in that respect. Um, but I, personally, I prefer Synecdoche, New York, as far as Kaufman's directorial uh, efforts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I need to see it again, too. You know, it's one of those where I feel like he's kind of a thinker, kind of, you watch his films and then they sit with you and then maybe you watch them again and it, it hits you in a different way, you know, and I had a lot of expectations for this one too. So I think it just needs a little breathing room and then I'll come back to it, but people should definitely check it out. It's, it's so unique. Uh, the folks at Lionsgate have, uh, I don't know if this is like a triple dip or a double dip, but there's a new release of apocalypse now, uh, which now includes the theatrical cut, the Redux version, and then Hearts of Darkness, the documentary. Um, it's now at kind of a lower price point as well, and I don't think this includes any fancy packaging or anything. So um, this one might go down, you know, like this one might be more heavily discounted in the future. So if you've been holding off and you don't want, uh, or you know, haven't picked up this Blu-ray yet, um, there's now a, a new good option just because, you know, the, the Redux version of the film um, I think is pretty good. And the Hearts of Darkness documentary is fantastic. Yeah, one of the great documentaries ever, really. The uh, folks at, I think this is Funimation, put out the anime. Um, oh, maybe it's not Funimation. Oh, I can't tell. I'm looking at the little label here on the picture on Amazon. But um Oh, yeah, it is Funimation. So uh, our friends at Funimation have put out Mamoru Hosoda's The Boy and the Beast. Mamoru Hosoda, who did films like, uh, what are those other ones that he did? Summer Wars and The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, uh, Wolf Children, um, a number of great, you know, classic, or I I guess modern classics. Like a lot of people look at Hosoda as this new um, kind of like auteur in anime. And so... Um, if you've enjoyed some of those other movies, especially things like Summer Wars and Wolf Children, then, um, you know, Boy and the Beast, I was reading some some pretty good reviews of it. And so uh, I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, this looks pretty cool. Um, there's new 4K Ultra HD Blu-rays of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, how these uh, catalog titles like this hold up uh, on Ultra HD but uh, I still don't have a player yet. And so I probably, I'd imagine though that these are the types of movies that will, they'll have playing at, you know, Best Buy when they, when they put up little, um, you know, like display units. And so things like this might get people to go like, oh yeah, I, I do want to own this movie again. Uh, you know, I already love it and it looks amazing in 4k. The Coen brothers film hail Caesar is out today on Blu-ray. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last week, but, um, you know, a pretty impressive cast, very funny. Um, and you know, it just tickles all of the, uh, funny bones of all of the film geeks out there. People who love, you know, nerding out about TCM 
and the types of movies uh, that are shown there will, you know, get a kick out of something like this. Yeah, I think at the very least those folks should rent this movie, if not pick it up. But there's just so much going on, and and and, and this is another thing where I feel like these l- slightly weirder Coen Brothers movies, and I and I mentioned this last week, they just sometimes sit with me for a while and end up becoming some of my favorites of their movies. I'm not sure that's going to happen with this one necessarily, but it definitely feels like one that when I come back to it, I'll enjoy even more each time I see it. Uh, the, the, the Eddie Mannix character, I mean, you know, based on this, um, you know, based on the real person and, uh, I, I, it makes me want to go rewatch some of those other movies. Like, what is the other one? Like Hollywood Land? Isn't isn't Eddie Mannix in that? I think so. I mean, he there's a great um episode of you must remember this where they she talks all about Eddie Mannix and how he was not a studio head per se like he is in this movie, but he was more of a hired hand sort of fixer kind mm-hmm. of guy. Yeah. And and Eddie Mannix in this movie definitely functions that way, but he's also a studio head, so it's it's this weird amalgamation. A lot of the characters are these interesting uh, that's one of the things i love about the coens is they'll take you know sometimes they'll take real life people and meld them or characters in movies or whatever and they'll meld them together into this new thing in a way that i mean and that's not some kind of original thing to do but the way they do it i've always found really interesting and amusing for some reason some of the characters in this movie are just so perfect like uh channing tatum like th- that whole dance sequence with him uh, is just like it's amazing, like how well choreographed that was, and and also the this I mentioned this last week, but the sequence with uh, Scarlett Johansson, um, you know, in the in the water. I mean, I'm a big fan of. Well, actually, my wife is a big fan of. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Esther Williams, and yeah. um, you know, watching that with her was was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm a big fan of Esther Williams too, but my wife like was really into her. Um, and then also it's fun to see now this movie with, with, um, Alden Ehrenreich, who is going to be the new, uh, Han Solo, supposedly. I don't know if that has been officially confirmed yet, but it seems to be like everyone is saying that he's going to be the new Han Solo. And so it was fun watching this movie with that in mind, like that he, that he's, uh, and it may, you know, He's he's really funny in this movie, I thought. He's great. I mean, the character based on the what you see in the trailer is and again not to spoil or anything, but it's it's portrayed a certain way and then the character in the movie has more going on than you would think. Um and is more more entertaining and interesting than the trailer trailer would lead you to believe and he ended up being one of my favorite things in the movie. Yeah. Same. Uh yeah, if you're a fan of the Coen Brothers, you should definitely check this out. Um, the folks at Scream Fa- or not Scream Factory, Shout Factory released this documentary called uh, Journey to Space. This is part of uh, a small line of Ultra HD Blu-rays uh, available also, different documentaries. Um, I'm forgetting which ones there are now, like maybe F- Flight of the Butterflies, Rocky Mountain Express. I'm just looking at the, like, oh, and Humpback Whales. I forget now if these are the other Shout Factory ones, but at least this one I saw... Um, just on regular Blu-ray, though. This is a about an hour-long documentary looking at NASA and kind of where we are right now as far as um, a mission to Mars, you know, what the technology looks like these days. Um, you know, there's lots of shots of 
of various space shuttles and planned uh, shuttles to take us, you know, to Mars and beyond. Um, it, it's partially narrated by Patrick Stewart. Um, he he kind of comes and goes, and then it's you know narrated by a few other people uh, in the middle. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's uh, it definitely looks great when they have um, some sequences in space that are just like beautifully photographed. Um, some of it is kind of rendered CG, and there's actually some of it where they kind of um, put it in a little box. I forget what what is the effect when you like don't have something in, in HD, and so you have to kind of like hide it by putting it in a little box on on the screen. Uh, like window box. It's kind of like window boxing, but, but uh, it's, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's just the best way of describing it. It's like window boxed. Um, and at first, I was like, I wonder if this is because this is an HD, like a four a four K Blu Ray, also, and so they had to kind of just like there was no way they could get four K footage of some things, and so in order to cheat, they kind of just window box some stuff, and then they just remastered it for Blu-ray, even though they didn't maybe need to uh, window box some stuff on, on the Blu-ray where they did on the, on the 4k disc. But um, it's fun. I mean, if you enjoy, you know, various BBC space documentaries um, or like discovery channel stuff, then this definitely fits in line with that. Um, Let's see, where are we at here? The Martian extended edition came out today. Uh, I don't know if I've read any reviews yet as far as what's different about this extended edition. Um, there's, uh, I forget how many, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I mean, I think a lot of people are big fans of the extended edition Ridley Scott movies, obviously like, um, kingdom of heaven, everyone kind of, um, agrees that the extended edition of kingdom of heaven is just, you know, so much better than the theatrical cut. This, this extended edition of The Martian, though, it, it just says, like, you know, over 10 minutes of action-packed footage not shown in theaters. So 10 minutes, I'm not sure, like, how much more extended that is in terms of, like, you know, uh, getting more of the story on the screen or, you know, more character moments, maybe. Um, there are a number of... There, there's also uh, theatrical and extended cut audio commentary on the disc, um, you get both versions on this new Blu-ray and then, you know, a number of supplements and I can't remember now which of these have already been, were on that other Blu-ray release. Um, that other Blu-ray just came out, you know, not too long ago, just a few months ago. And so it's strange that they're already putting this, uh, this one out as quickly as they did. Let's see. Uh, Warner home video today put out the, uh, John Sturgis, John Wayne film McHugh. I got that. You did. Yes. Did you Did you uh, put it in yet? Not yet. Um, it'll go in after uh, Five Thousand Fingers of Doctor T. Yeah. But it's it's a John Wayne kind of week. Warner Archive also put out She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, and they were expendable. And then I think Chisholm was one more that Warner Home Video proper put out. So there's a whole lot of John Wayne on blue this week if uh, you're so inclined. And uh, I would highly recommend They Were Expendable. Um, That's actually one of my favorite. I mean, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon is a solid John Ford movie too, but um, They Were Expendable is kind of about, it's it's Wayne and Robert Montgomery um, at the dawn of World War II, and they're sort of the first 
um, sort of battalion of PT boats. So they're sort of trying to sell the idea of a PT boat to the Navy, and the Navy's not really into it, but they then, of course, prove themselves to be very useful in, in wartime World War II. Um, but it's a really pretty solid um, war movie, um, and uh, I like it a lot. So I'm glad Warner Arc, I put it out. It's black and white, and uh, I checked it out last night, and you know looks real nice, as the Warner Archive Blu-rays tend to do. Yeah, I just, what did I end up watching the other night? I watched um, the new Warner Archive Blu-ray for Dark Passage that came out uh, pretty recently, <clears throat> and it looked great. Um, such a fun movie. Like, did you end up watching Dark Passage yet? I, we watched, my wife and I watched it uh, right after Lauren Bacall passed away, um, I think last year. Um, so I didn't get a chance to check out that Blu-ray yet, but yeah, totally a fun movie. I mean, the whole idea that like so much, like almost the first whole hour takes place from his perspective and so you don't see his face because he's about to have you know plastic surgery in the middle of the movie it's just uh yeah that's a it's a good gimmick it is a good gimmick i mean it feels kind of gimmicky after a little bit but um i'm glad they stick to it and don't kind of cheat very much um also about today the final film from Chantal Ackerman no home movie is out uh, on DVD from Icarus films. This is the film in which Chantal Ackerman kind of paints a portrait of her relationship with her mother. And um, it's now available uh, on DVD. I don't, I don't think they include any supplements on here, but um, at least I don't see anything listed right now, but uh, also out today on DVD quantum leap seasons one and two a new combo pack from mill creek the the distributors who are doing that five thousand fingers of dr t um i always want to say mr t and it's it, and if I, <laughs> I i have to try so hard to not say the five thousand fingers of mr t i want to see that movie too um let's see what else do we have here i think we uh, talked about zootopia last week right yes so zootopia is out on blu-ray today um I was just telling Miranda this morning, or you know, just at dinner tonight, I was like, we um, we, were, we somehow got to talking about Zootopia, and I was like, oh, we should watch that movie again. And she was like, yeah, wait, do we have that movie? Because she has like no idea what we have and what we don't have. <laughs> There's so many movies, um, and I was like, we don't have it, but it's out today on Blu-ray, so we can go get it. <laughs> Aw, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to watch this movie again. Like I loved all of the performances in it. The story is a fun noir. I think we talked about this when it came out, but um, there's just so many great moments in it. Uh, I love the whole, um, the whole sequence when they're, you know, going through the little mouse town when they're kind of like giant, you know, giant monsters essentially like fighting in this, uh, like a little kaiju battle in the midst of this movie. So much fun. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. I watched it with Raven. Um, I I got my digital copy early, so we watched it on Disney Movies Anywhere over the weekend. And, um, yeah, it just it really holds up well and will definitely, you know, is, is one of those that like, uh, for me, like um, Wreck-It Ralph, that will definitely stand the test of time and will come back to it again and again. It's just really solid um, family animated filmmaking. I think it's even done like this past weekend, it broke some record or passed some point where it had, you know, it's like, it's up there amongst like the, the highest grossing, you know, original features, um, 
I don't know if it's like original animated features or Disney stuff, but it's just, you know, it's done particularly well this year uh, financially. And so um, hopefully we'll see more like this from Disney and not more sequels. But uh, I know the, se- the sequels are already in the works. Very nice. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan Blu-ray. Um, just because there's a bit of a problem with the Blu-ray that I've read so far today. The So this is the new director's cut blu-ray i think it comes with both versions like theatrical and director's cut um this one is it has been remastered so it looks great um but there are uh there's a problem with this with this printing of the disc in that like i was reading that there's a sequence at the beginning during the kobayashi maru test where they somehow like reused a shot of sulu in it like twice and Ooh. like the same shot and uh it's just like a huge blunder that like and and people were like i was reading through some of the comments i think like on facebook somewhere and you know people were like how did how did this make it through to the disc or like how do you even end up reusing a shot like that i guess it must have just been like in in putting together this director's cut um which had been available before but um is now you know in much better quality uh, on this Blu-ray, so uh, presumably the folks I think at Paramount will uh, will issue new discs for this, and you'll be able to get you know you'll be able to swap it out if you already bought it. But I think like when I read that today, I was like you know I'm just gonna wait until this is sorted out and I can get the right one, and I'm not gonna bother like because I'm so bad about getting uh, corrected discs on on some things like. There are so many times when I'm like, you know, even here on the podcast, we'll talk about like how, you know, there were like problems with some of the Batman, the the TV series uh, discs. I don't know. If, I don't know if I ever got my correct disc on that. I like, mean, I didn't even so? bother sending in a request for them. Like, I'm just so bad about it. I always forget to do yeah. it. And I never think like, all right, now's the time I should do it. Like the closest I've ever come is getting corrected discs from Criterion when those um, discs were starting to turn brown. Uh, yeah, I did that too. Ago. But yeah, I, I always forget. So I'm going to I'm going to hold off even though the price is kind of right for me right now it's $15 for this Blu-ray. Uh mm-hmm. I was I was almost going to buy it when the price dropped and then I started reading about this problem so I was like, well, I'll just wait. I appreciate the heads up cuz I was thinking about buying it today too. Uh also related to Star Trek, the Next Generation Blu-ray series is now available as a complete collection. So if you've been holding off on um, picking up those seasons individually, you can now get a nice fancy box with everything all in one. Um, there is no exclusive disc uh, for this, so if you have all the, se- the seasons already, don't worry about like missing out on you know an extra disc of supplements or something like that, which sometimes happens with different studios. But um, at least here, it's just like a collected version of all the individual seasons. Uh, Roots is out on Blu-ray today. I don't know if this is like a, is this a re-release or is this the original? It must just be like the, this is the original Roots now on Blu-ray. Uh, I'm excited to check this out. Um, am I missing anything? Am I forgetting anything? I just have two quick ones to add. Um, okay. Uh, Mr. Right, um, with Sam Rockwell and, um, Anna Kendrick. Um, this is written by, um, What's his name? Landis. Max Landis. Uh, Very much a, 
gross point blank ish and not as good as that movie by any means. But, um, you know, so it's like professional killer meets a girl. They hit it off and then he, he sort of wants to quit the business, but he already was killing people that hired him to kill people. So he was kind of not a bad, bad guy. He was kind of a moral, slightly moral killer. Anyway, Sam Rockwell and uh, Anna Kendrick have great chemistry and my wife and I really like this movie. So I'd recommend a rental for people that are curious. It's definitely one of my more, more favorite movies from this year so far. We really dug it. It's very violent, um, but also very funny and cute. Um, so anyway, I like that one. And then um, Warner Archive put out uh, their Charlie Chan three film collection today. And it has the Red Dragon, the Feathered Serpent, and the Sky Dragon. Um, and um, so people that are into Charlie Chan may want to check that one out. All right. Um, you know, one other thing that I wanted to mention in the news that I just realized that I had a tab open for is, um, did we talk about like the Twilight Time pre, was it, was it last week when the Twilight Time pre-orders went up for, um, this most recent run of films like Hound of the Baskervilles and the new Rollerball? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we talked about it, but yeah, the, the, the pre-order went up last week. Okay. So these are, um, going to be released on June 15th. And, uh, so if anyone out there is interested in getting things like Hound of the Baskervilles, um, and they, I think they have even said on their Facebook page that like this lineup of films might be more popular than other ones. So they might start to sell out. I don't, it's been a while since the Twilight Time release, I think has sold out quickly. Um, but you know, maybe Hound of the Baskervilles, um, maybe the Panic at Needle Park, or maybe this new, like this reissue of Rollerball, uh, you know, those seem like bigger titles that might have, um, people out there who have been kind of wanting these to come to Blu-ray. And so, um, it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they do. Yeah. I, I think I tweeted out, I've been tweeting out regularly, like on the day of the pre-order, you know, and I'll, I'll tweet out a, the disc and a link to their site and everything. But even prior to that, when they put out the new artwork for Baskervilles, and I may have talked about this in the show, um, I, tweeted it it got retweeted a ton and then twilight time retweeted it and then i think i don't know if it's nick that actually runs the twilight time twitter but i would assume so and they said that this is one of their more one of the it's basically gotten more heat than any title in recent memory for them so if you're interested in that baskerville's title in particular uh i would say pick that up as soon as you can um because i don't know that it's a 5,000 run i I think it's just a regular 3,000 I'm, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. We'll be sure to, or at least I'll be sure to let everyone know when uh, they start to run low and when, and then we could start, you know, putting it off and saying like, Oh, I'll do it. And then, you know, we'll miss out and then we'll say, Oh crap, I missed out. All right. Um, I think that's about it. We can start wrapping things up here, Brian. Um, is there anything else that we should talk about tonight? No, I think we're good. All right. Uh, did you pick anything up during this most recent Kino sale, which is not that great of a sale, but still kind of a sale? <laughs> um, no, um, but there's a lot of stuff in there that I would recommend people check out, you know, um, that we've talked about, you know, a lot on the show already, but it not and not the least of which is those new Kino Lorber studio animation yes. um, discs. Uh, people should definitely get those. Um, and I, I, I had a chance to see... 
uh, Tijuana Toads uh, over the weekend, and I still need to check out um, a Roland and Radfink. But it's really shaping up to be a great collection, and I think everybody that's into that stuff at all should totally be having these uh, in their, on their shelf. All right, Brian. See you next week. <laughs>